Okay, everyone, welcome back to Redefine Fitness. I'm your host, Kelsey Wells, and today's guest is someone who I absolutely adore. This human I have looked up to since the day that I met her. She has had such a positive and beautiful impact on my life personally and on the lives of truly millions of women around the world. She is a very decorated journalist and now self-love influencer and mother and wife. And welcome, Danae. Wow, well, what an intro. Thank you. I feel like I should have I should have written all that down. That was beautiful. <laughs> Look, we have it recorded, so refer to it anytime. Yeah, um, for any of you guys who are not familiar with Danae, it's Danae Mercer, if you want to, and your handle is just your name, correct? On Instagram? Uh, yeah. Although it, because it's a weird name, it often confuses people, but it is, it is just my name, Danae okay. Mercer. Okay, cool. Um, I, if you're not familiar, I just want to get this, you know, usually at the end, I'm like, where can they follow you? But just right out <laughs> the gate, if you are not familiar with who Danae is, I'm assuming most of you are, if you're listening to this, but if you're not. I want you to like pause this episode and go on Instagram and click follow, find Danae and follow her because, and I wouldn't say that, like I wouldn't blanket sweeping say that about many influencers, but I always say whenever I'm asked for positive, um, empowered women to follow, Danae is always at the top of my list because like I said, her impact is so positive and empowering and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And obviously all the guests that we bring on Redefine Fitness, they might be from different careers or different experiences or just people I personally know, but every woman has one thing in common. And that is that they are a woman in their power and therefore they are empowering other women because I really think that those two go hand in hand. So Danae is the epitome of that. And I'm just so grateful to finally have you on the pod. Thanks for being here. She's actually based in Italy now. So we are Utah and Italy right now. There we go, Utah and Italy. Well, and I, you know, I'm so thankful to be on your podcast. I feel like our journeys, we met, we met each other before COVID happened. I know. When why? you came to the Dubai Active Show and I was like hosting some of the questions. Yes, and you we, were you know, previously I was, based in Dubai for a time. Yeah, I was Because you were editor for, of? Uh, of Women's Health Middle East. Yeah, like it's no big deal. <laughs> Which um, I still is still my dream publication. Like I would, I shout out to all the women's health magazines around the world. Those guys are great. I agree. I would have to definitely agree there. But yeah, we met. So the first, um, let's kind of just tell them like how we met. Cause not all of the guests I know personally, but I feel like we, I truly would consider you a friend and let's kind of tell them like how we met in real life, if you will. And like kind of what, yeah. um, you know, what yeah. I guess how that unfolded. Basically, as Danae oh, said, I was in good. Dubai for the Dubai Active Show in 2019, mm -hmm. right? 2019? Yeah, because it, it was right before the pandemic, been, I think. Yeah, like the very end of 2019. And, you know, I wasn't even an influencer then. Like I was no. just, I was, I was just a journalist. Well, but <laughs> I mean, you were very influential, I would say. Um, and I do as I always did. Like I'm kind of briefed on who's going to be interviewing me. This was like a live Q&A in front of an audience. And so my team told me, like, you're going to be um, interviewed by the most fabulous woman. She seems so cool. Her name's Danae. She's around your age. And she, like, is the editor-in-chief and all of these impressive things. I was like, that's so cool. So I did as I do. And I pulled up your Instagram to stalk you a little bit. And about an hour later, I feel like I'd consumed all the content you'd ever posted. And I just came away so um, grateful. And I remember mm -hmm. telling my team she 
Like, I'm just so, I felt like I should be interviewing you. And I feel like I've said that you, you actually interviewed me again, this last Dubai active show truly just as a favor. <laughs> um, but I said the same thing. I'm like, I feel like I should be interviewing you. And I put you on the spot and made you commit to this podcast. So here we are. Finally, the tables are turned. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like that conversation, you came in before the actual interview and we chatted for a bit mm -hmm. and I just, I felt so at ease and I felt so comfortable and you know, it's not always the case with interviews, right. Um, and with journalists in general, and it was just immediately, it felt like it was just one woman to another woman. And it was clear that we had very similar values and messages and priorities with the message that we wanted to put out to women. So, um, yeah, ever since then I've been your number one fan and here we are. <laughs> well, you, but you are so nice to me. And I think it's, it's really important to highlight that because, you know, as a, as a journalist, you interview a lot of people, you meet a lot of people, and some people can be really standoffish. And especially like, you know, I think I had just come off a, a press trip for work that was full of influencers, like really big influencers. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, and I remember, I remember, you know, I, I'm like a golden retriever. I'm from Nebraska, and we're big fans of like Nebraska nice. You know, you're okay. always as nice as you can be, always as polite as you can be. And I remember on this trip, there were some really big influencers who were just like, they they were just blanket me. They were so mean to me, so mean to everyone. Like, and so I think having then meeting you and you were just you were a big influencer. I like had no, you know, I had a tiny social following, and you were just so nice and down to earth and real. And I remember I left I left that interview session like, and I talked to my friends, and I was like, I really like this girl. Like, I like her energy. I like her personality. So uh, shout out to you for that. Wow. I didn't know any of this, dude. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry about the trip, honestly. Um, but thank you so much. Wow. Well, it's very mutual. And obviously, I've been following you. And we've been kind of just cheering each other on across the globe ever since. And so much has happened like since 2019, I feel like, for both of us, especially for you. Yeah, so many big good. life changes. Um, I... I want to kind of ask obviously questions, but it's, I don't have like a specific list, but I have themes. Um, I intentionally did not ask, I toyed with, do I like post online, you know, prior to this for people's questions? And I decided not to this time. First of all, I kind of want a surprise. You're going to be the first guest of season two and I want it to be like a big special surprise. But also I feel like most of the questions I'm going to ask you will cover most of the topics that you're probably used to being asked and that woman would ask. But um, I kind of just want to back up a little bit and I want to begin like before. I want you to kind of share, and I know you have shared bits and pieces here and there, but in so much as much as you're comfortable, I would love for you to share a bit more about your personal relationship with fitness, health, your body, mm -hmm. your mind, eating, dieting from your youth. Because I know you touch on this a lot, but if you are new to your page, you go and you see some of your content. But I feel like it's so important to begin kind of like at your beginning and get context for like why you're speaking to this the way that you are and so vulnerably mm -hmm. and um, what your personal experience has been, you know? Yeah, of course. And I'm I'm really happy to talk about that. And like a big passion of mine these days, now that I'm a mom, is looking at teenagers and girls and how we can help them. And I think part of my my reason for that is a lot of my struggle with my body. 
uh, started when I was a teen. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is true for most women, but now it's it's starting even earlier. Yeah, I think there's new new UK stats that says it's something like 60 to 80 percent of six year old girls in the UK now say they want to diet because they think they're too fat. Oh, so nice. like this, it's it's starting earlier, these struggles with the body. And for me, I mean, I think I. I developed very quickly and I've always had a bum and hips. And in when I grew up, that wasn't a good thing. That was like a really bad, embarrassing thing. It was, you know, it was the age of all those jokes and films that are like, oh, does this make my butt look big? Yeah. Where bodies were used as, as punchlines. So I always knew it was a bad thing to have the body I had. And I think as a result, from the time I was, I remember being like 13 years old and buying slim fast shakes. Just not even really understanding what I was doing. And my mom didn't, yeah, but my mom didn't have like the language or the words to, to talk about these things. Like she, you know, she was a young, young mom. So she never talked to me about dieting or anything. She just, she saw I was dieting and it was, it was just a thing. Yeah. It was kind of accepted. And, you know, I think I did all the diets. I did like. I did SlimFast, I did Atkins, I did South Beach, I did, they released these pills that, I don't know if you remember, they would like make the fat push through your body. It was disgusting, like, which now we know, we're like, fat is good for you, fat doesn't make you fat, like, what? what? But at the time, this is... Yeah, sure. Literally like the pinnacle of diet culture. (laughs) Oh gosh, it was, but you know, kids, kids these days, they have a a whole different battle they're gonna have to fight but like this this is what mine looked like Mm -hmm. and by the time I was in university you know I my mom passed away and for me a a very easy way to kind of control my grief and my emotions and the chaos of my life was by focusing on my body Mm -hmm. and very quickly that escalated into an eating disorder where you know, I was, I was restricting. I was, I lost a lot of weight very quickly. And the horrific thing, the horrific thing is that I received a lot of praise for it. Mm-hmm. So I remember being incredibly ill and getting so many compliments. Yeah. How did you do this? Like, how do you, how do you look that way? Like, mm-hmm. which is just a, a disaster in and of itself. But from there, I, um, my university stepped in. And they really helped me recover. So I, I saw, you know, on campus, I saw a therapist, I saw a nutritionist, and I saw a, like a nurse several times a week for at least a year. And they helped me recover because I'd reached a point where I, I couldn't recover myself. And then I, I um, ended up at Cambridge in the UK, Cambridge University. And while I was there, joined a sports team. Uh, modern pentathlon so you asked about like modern pentathlon wow what is that it's really quirky it's uh swimming uh, air pistol shooting fencing running and show jumping on horses okay that is so so, cool that's that's amazing such a quirky sport right it's like triathlon but just Take it up a few notches yeah so (laughs) throwing some ponies well (laughs) well you know i I just, I knew I wanted to try something different. I'd been doing a lot of marathons. I was like, oh, well, why not? Why not try this? Yeah. And it was, 
it was then while I was doing sport for the first time in my life, I started to see my body not for the way it looked, but for the incredible things it could achieve. Mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by other women and men who had a similar mindset, right? So your body became this powerful tool, this powerful machine, this powerful vessel, as opposed to something that needed to be shrinked and made smaller and fit into a certain pant size. Yeah. And so that you asked how kind of my journey has has gone. And I would say that was one of the, the powerful shifts for me was when sport really strongly came into my life. And that just shaped everything that followed. That's beautiful. Thank you. I mean, man, I can relate personally to so many, so much of that. Um, I'm sorry for your mom mm-hmm. and for your loss. I think obviously the reason I do this is because I do believe that there's so much power in being vulnerable when you are at a safe place to do so, right? And on your own terms mm-hmm. to bring connection and that can help bring healing to so many. And I think I think it's important to like point out so many women's catalyst into disordered eating or body image issues is a sports team. And then for so many, it helps heal. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that that was, you know, the ladder for you, but I think it's so, and the other thing that really stuck out to me that you said is that your university stepped in and that's amazing. Like the fact that they were aware and that they had you know, something in place to help you. But also I feel like we got to pause and you need to give yourself a little bit more credit there because people can try to step in, but unless you're receptive and open to a degree and willing to heal and help yourself, no one stepping in could help you. And so while they played obviously such a integral role for you, you did that work. And you were brave enough to accept the help when it was offered. And so, you know, don't discount that because that is you, you know, you chose to do that path for yourself. And I know that that road is not linear, nor is it easy. And, and you, you know, like that's your work that you did and your um, faith in yourself and belief in yourself. Right. So. No, thank you. I, I do. I agree that you can't because I get I get people who message me sometimes and they say you know my daughter my friend yeah. I see they're struggling with their body I see they they need help but they're not listening to me they won't take my help and I'm yeah. trying to give it to them and they won't take it I do think as a as a supporting person as someone watching you can you can be there but you can't ever force that person to change yeah. that person needs to to make that mental shift themselves mm-hmm. so I I I do think there was that element, but at, at the same time, like I'm, I'm very honest. I think my university probably saved my life. The fact they were so aware and caring and literally they, they stepped in in a way that, you know, I don't think I've ever had until now I'm married. It's different, but before, yes. before my husband, before yeah. the Italian, I never had that like family support really. Yeah. And that's where my university came in, the professors, the staff. What university were you at? Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I recognize that from They're the great. March Madness tournament, you know? Very good at basketball. Yeah. So, so good. <laughs> Go Blue Jays. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love that, Danae. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, you you mentioned, you know, you are now a mom. And is Baby Girl one yet? 
She is. Yeah, she turned one in early January. Oh my gosh, that's right. I knew it was either just past or just coming. Um, so my next question for you is motherhood. More mm-hmm. of a blanket topic than a direct question because I would love you to share some of your shifts, like personal mindset shifts that have happened through, you know, like your baby's born, but when it's your first child, that's also the birth of your motherhood. And I feel like that is such a um, overwhelming, beautiful, daunting, I mean, amazing, kind of all the things thing for a woman to go through. And, you know, it's been a year now, you're kind of out of that, like, immediate postpartum journey, whatever, again, like you feel is most important to share or whatever message you feel like is most prevalent, you know, that could maybe help other expecting mothers or hopeful mothers or just mothers who are in the trenches. Like when you think about your motherhood, what Mm -hmm. lessons have you learned about yourself, about women, about life? Like how has this shifted your perspective, if at all? Oh gosh, so many ways. I mean, first off, like being a mother for me has been the best thing in my life. Like it, it feels like it kind of, it's made everything make sense for me. It's made my life make sense in a way that it it never fully had before. You know, like I know why I'm on this earth. And when I like look at that little face, I feel peace. And when I'm with her, I understand being in the moment and, you know, it is, it is the most beautiful thing. I think it's it's definitely, so a lot of women, especially women who come to my page and women who struggle with their bodies, with eating disorders, we, we often are these like type A perfectionist, people pleaser. We want everyone else to be happy at the expense of ourselves. And I was that way for a very long time. I still struggle with that. But I think since becoming a mother, it's made me stand more firmly in in my truth, in what I stand for and what I believe, because it's it's suddenly like I'm not just fighting for myself and I'm willing to like sacrifice that. I'm fighting for her and I will not sacrifice that. Yeah. Wow. And and so any new mothers out there, I just want to say, like, enjoy this this new power. It's a shame that so many of us women have to wait until we're protecting another life to find the strength in ourselves but it's a beautiful thing if it's helped you find it because I certainly have and I I love it (laughs) I'm here for that enjoy this new power that like literally gave Mm -hmm. me chills I've never heard it put like that Mm. I love that so much I love it too oh and I I think it's also made me more you know proud of my body because like I look at her and I see features that echo across like she has I don't know I, my eyes but like other things and, and just mannerisms and stuff and it's like okay this is we are we are written like history's pattern yeah. is printing itself in different ways and isn't that beautiful yeah and the more as she grows older you'll just see more and more of you and it's incredible yeah I read this really beautiful quote the other day that was talking about how you know, inside every every single body, right? Inside of our bodies, inside of our veins, like blood contains iron, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only place that iron is forged naturally, so naturally created, is in the core of dying stars. And so if if you think about that, that means like Wait, inside what? all of us. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> isn't that cool? Wow. So, so literally in all of us, there 
we are we are stars. We are stardust. Inside every single body, there is stardust. In your body, my body, my baby's body, that is a thing to be proud of. Like that is a beautiful and, and exquisite and you know timeless oh thing. Gosh. And I just I love, that. I love that. Yeah, I always say like one of my favorite affirmations is my body is a miracle. And I've always like felt that and known that. And there's obviously you could, there's so many ways you could take that, but that is my new favorite example. I mean, that's, that's so beautiful, isn't it? So poetic and very powerful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think, um, I think it's pretty clear, you know, if you, if you do follow you and have kind of seen you through this journey, you have been, and are in general pre-motherhood and certainly throughout your pregnancy and throughout this first year you have been very open about your personal journey. Mm. That is, it's been such a beautiful thing to watch. I remember when I had Anderson, he's going to be 10, which I can't deal with that. That blows my mind, but (laughs) it was, it was still very much a decade ago. It was very much like you don't speak about the hard parts, you know, it's a beautiful love bubble and nothing else. And how dare you criticize your body, but also you better shrink yourself right back down and look like you never had a baby, let alone had your body change, right? Like there was so, it was not at all socially acceptable to be like, here's my stretch marks. Here is what I'm feeling. Like it was a very different. And I think it is thanks to women like you who are just honest and real, the beautiful and the hard and showing that the hard can be beautiful. And you are making such a powerful statement and forging such a important path, such an important path for women to go on that journey themselves and not be quite as scared and it not feel Mm -hmm. quite as daunting. So I just want to thank you so much for that. But through everything, obviously overall motherhood for you has been so positive. But for those who might not have been following along on your journey, obviously it's a lot of ups and downs and there's a lot of all Mm -hmm. types of emotions. And what would you say were the hardest parts about pregnancy and or new motherhood for you personally? Did that trigger Mm -hmm. in any sense your old, you know, distorted body image or negative self-talk? And if so, how did you, as this much more... um, healed and in your power woman that you are now, how did you choose differently? how did you find the power and strength to choose differently this time when you were dealing with those thoughts and feelings than in your youth? You know, I was, I was worried that like being pregnant, would it trigger, right? Yeah. Because body changes, big life changes, things that are outside of your control. Like these are all very triggering. I was genuinely, I was worried. I was like, will this, will this happen? My body is going to gain weight. My body is going to change. Will I be triggered? When I was pregnant, a hundred percent, absolutely not. Like wow, I, I loved being pregnant so much. I just loved it. I loved. Oh. I found it just the greatest miracle. I found it fascinating. I loved. I loved my body when I was pregnant. I found it so beautiful and powerful, and uh, you know, even the wild things. Like I got the linea nigra, which is like that dark line down the middle of your tummy. Yeah, and I got like really veiny and my my boobs went from you know I, I normally have very little boobs yeah they, went, they were massive I had huge boobs so much yeah. boob. <laughs> like so every part of me was changing but I just found it I it was such a blessing because it it was giving me her 
Yeah. And then after birth, like that is where it wasn't triggering, but I was so hormonal. Like I gave birth and, you know, I, I was, I was pretty ignorant. Like there was so much I didn't know. Like I don't, maybe if, if I had more of that mother figure, that person I could have, I could have asked about, I would have had more insight into what birth and, and immediate postpartum looks like. Um, like I didn't realize that after you give birth, your tummy is still yeah. Right. You still look Swollen. like seven months pregnant for a while. I, yeah. Exactly. 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 And everything, but it's just kind of like, instead of holding this big, beautiful life, it just kind of sags and mm-hmm. it's soft and it's sore and everything's hurting and your hormones are crazy. And like, you're, you know, your nipples are cracking and everything is just a bit unexpected. Yeah. At least for me. I, That's that, very well, you know, like, <laughs> unexpected. I, it was just, I was like, what is going on here? What is this? And I had such, such a crash in hormones as well. I remember just like in the first few weeks, just crying, but not, not because I wasn't happy. I was so happy, but I, I didn't know why, but I was just crying, you know, just like string of hormones. Yeah. And, and I would say having my online community at that time, it was such a blessing because I feel like so many of us don't talk about these things. So often women don't share these things that when I was sharing, when when I was talking about it, I had so many women coming to me saying like, oh, I had that experience too. Oh, you're not alone. Oh, my body also looked like that. And when women stand together and when we communicate and when we lift each other up, there's so much power in that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was such, such an incredible comfort. I love that. And yeah. It was that. kind of my my pregnancy postpartum journey. I love being pregnant. It was it was great. I'm happy. I, I love having my real baby, but I also miss having her in my belly. It was it's bittersweet. That's beautiful. It's so good. It's so encouraging. You know, as someone who didn't have the most positive. I mean, when I started my journey, it was I was in such a um, damaged place with myself and my body at that time of falling pregnant, and so. Like hearing, you know, you and seeing you and your journey, it makes me feel like, wow, like, you know, maybe it could be different if there's ever a next time. And, and that's beautiful too. So thank you so much. Um, yeah. Oh, I love it. Now you had a massive, massive achievement recently. You were on the cover of Time magazine. And I mean, so major, so huge. I want to ask you about your experience with that. I mean, tell me, mm-hmm. um, I saw you shared a little video of when your manager told you that you had the cover, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, oh, it, it made me tear up. It was, it was such a cool, oh. cool, special moment. But just overall with that experience, um, and maybe not singularly even that one, but just going from kind of orchestrating the photo shoots to like being you know, mm-hmm. the one being photographed and your journey from journalist into really being a full-time, very successful influencer built on, because I think it's so important. Again, if you're not, I'm kind of keep catching myself speaking as if everyone follows you like I do, but if you're not familiar with Danae, she has really, you kind of just plunged headfirst into 
like pulling back the curtain on influencing in general and on how most mm-hmm. of what you see online is not real and how everything maybe is real, but it's going to be posed and a photo that looks, you know, perfect could also look a million other ways if the lighting was different and the posing was different and the time of day and just helping normalize seeing different angles of your body instead of just the ones that society would say are the best ones, right? So from your journey from journalist into influencing and being behind the camera to in front of it, like what have you learned or any insights here? Like how would you, I don't know, like how do you feel about the whole thing? I think it's, I think it's incredible. And also I just feel like you have such a unique perspective that, that really no one else kind of does. No, thank you. Well, it was the Times cover. So thank you for the kind words. Uh, That was so difficult and so terrifying because, you know, I've never, like you said, I'm used to being behind the camera or I film by myself, right? I'm quite introverted. I'm really, I'm not shy, but I'm kind of shy when it comes to work. I don't like people seeing me work. I don't, I don't, you know, you see some influencers that really, yeah, it is. It's, oh my God, I, I'm so shy with that. And so to, to switch from being by myself or behind the camera to in front of the camera. And that shoot was actually really difficult because, you know, I talk a lot about lighting on my page. And when, when you want to light a face beautifully, you go for this kind of soft side light, this front light, like what you would get at sunrise or sunset on the beach. When you want cellulite to show up, you will be doing top-down light, like midday, like the harder sun at the beach when you're just hanging out sunbathing. And the photographer wanted this combination of, of soft, delicate light on my face to make me really glow and look radiant, sure. but also wanted to show my cellulite. And so he was there like really struggling with the lighting and having to shift the lighting. And there was someone who, fixing my hair and they had these clips in the back of my hair. I, I still need to do a video about it to make my hair puffier and I had someone running in doing makeup and I was it was like freezing in London and I was in this like tiny bikini and high heels oh girl so it's all the stuff you just you know you don't see yeah but it's interesting again like when it comes to that kind of Instagram versus reality or, or cover versus reality thing and as far as the journey like the journey from uh, journalist to influencer you know, I I love what I do. I'm so thankful that I do this. And I'm so thankful that I've got this kind of media background that helps inform a lot of the stuff I talk about. Yeah. Like I look at, you know, I look at your average, my average mom friend who takes a photo and she kind of hugs her arms against her body and she stands straight on. Maybe she slouches a little bit because she's feeling shy and a bit uncomfortable and she smiles and then she looks at that picture and she starts picking herself apart, right? She's like, why, why does every other person I see on the internet look perfect? And I look this way. And part of what I talk about is like, A, the internet obviously is not real, but also here's what they're doing with their bodies. They aren't hunching their arms against their chest. They're creating triangles. They're popping, yeah. they're squeezing, they're positioning the camera here. They're shooting in this light. They're angling their, you know, there are things that they just know how to do. Yeah. And it's so, um, they just do it naturally, but your average person doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I know these things because I've worked with like average people to try to get them into the kind of shots we need for the magazines. And you get to see how all this process works. So 
you mentioned pulling back the curtain. That is a big focus of mine. I want I want women to understand that what they see online isn't real, but also there is nothing wrong with their bodies. And if they want to pose, go for it. If they don't, also amazing. Yeah. Amen. Amen times <laughs> a million with that. I mean, you I I agree. You know, even like I remember when I first started, you know, my public Instagram, if you will. And it was, it, it's just this immense pressure to like, I, I mean, I would take a thousand selfies to find one that I felt like was postable, you know? And I feel like I have come a long way, but it's, it is, it is hard. And I, and I guess like, I kind of want to talk, um, you know, the phrase highlight reel, it's like everyone is Mm -hmm. truly putting their best foot forward on the internet or whenever they're posting, whether that's a public platform or if it's just, you know, for family and friends, like you're going to post the photos that you feel you look the best in, the things that you like, the highlights of your life. And that's okay. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that, but there is something very Mm -hmm. wrong when you begin to compare your, your real or your normal or your everyday with someone else's like highlights. So it's just that reminder that you constantly give that like, this is a highlight reel. And if you paid attention to all of these things that go behind a selfie that is perceived as just casual, there's actually usually a lot going on that's not so casual, like that takes quite a bit of effort and time. And I think it's just such an important thing to remember because again, like put your best forward, sure, but don't ever compare yourself to anyone else's highlights, I guess is I think something that's just always important to remember. So, um, yeah. I agree. And, and now, right now, we're seeing this real trend towards the unposed, right? It's like the hyper casual, the real raw. The, uh-huh. But the thing I really want to point out here is it's it's not casual. It's not, it's, it's not oh, I just yeah. happened to yep. be at the grocery store picking up some vegetables in my really cute outfit. Look yep. at this really aesthetic photo of me getting my vegetables it, it isn't it so natural isn't it so casual I just happen and it's like no cowgirl that is a setup photo and that was it planned. Is. there's yeah like there's a, a I saw this isn't uh, it wild can we talk about just like fascinating me the trend of gas stations and grocery store photos right now I mean you go into a convenience store or a grocer and it's just like the photos in aisles of gas stations, and grocery stores is just so interesting to me. I'm like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. We're doing this now. Okay. Like, I think well, it's fascinating, we're doing this but, now. but I do think you're right. I personally know people who like, they treat it as a shoot. Like they're going there to get those mm-hmm. candid photos. They're not candid in any sense, you know? Um, and I don't know, maybe some people's are, but definitely it's like a thing. <laughs> and I think you're absolutely right. Lots of the photos that look more, um, natural aren't maybe as natural as you think yeah I guess exactly and I really want to point that out because I think we went from a a stage two years ago a year ago where it was everything was super curated really beautiful like what you'd see in a glossy magazine Mm -hmm. and now it's this really casual really unposed really relaxed but it's still super beautiful and it's so I feel like that is almost in a way even more dangerous because we know that glossy magazine isn't real but when we see the girl next door at the grocery store and she just looks incredible and then she's at the gym and she also looks glowing and it's like okay well I'm at the gym and my hair is a mess and I'm really sweaty what what and it's like just remember just remember like a thousand percent everything everything you see on the internet is curated 
And it's becoming increasingly more so actually because of new filters, new technology, new services. So just be really aware of that. Yeah. Speaking of, that was my next mm-hmm. kind of topic of discussion filters. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, I'm not going to lie. When you posted that video, I didn't know actually that you could distort your body in a filter, like in a video. I did not know that was possible until I saw one of your posts like a year or so ago. And I just was shook it. Like I couldn't even believe that. And then the more recent ones you've shared about, like literally they're so good. Like you can't, you can't tell, you can't tell. And then let alone the whole actually like looking like another human. It's just very deeply disturbing to me. Um, my, like I, I stopped using all filters. It was in the pandemic. So I don't know, a few years Mm -hmm. ago now, because I unintentionally got to a place where I was like, oh yeah, they're fun. You don't need them, but they can be fun and whatever. But then I was like, wait, what I'm saying is not matching what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling or what I'm doing. And then I found myself in a place where I really felt like I couldn't post or go on my stories unless I had a filter on. And what's the difference between one that cleans up your skin and that changes your nose shape a little bit. And then it's like, it was just such a slippery slope for me. And I just got to this place where I'm like, I don't ever want to look back at my camera roll and only see essentially fake Mm -hmm. images of myself. Like I want to know how I look now. And I just felt for me personally, it was very dangerous and not healthy, not productive towards like all the work that I've been doing to, you know, be as I am. And so I, I stopped doing that, which I feel like is one of the best decisions I ever made. Like they're not enabled on my Instagram. So, um, that's, it's been a few years of me just like getting them off there. And that was a huge, um, a really good decision for me personally, I think, but you sharing the progress of the filters these days has absolutely blown my mind. I mean, I think it's blown. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, it's hard because I'm so grateful that you're bringing awareness to like how real these look these days and essentially like how dangerous this is. What would you say? Like if you could, you know, every woman in the world is listening to you on the topic of filters and where this is mm-hmm. all headed. Like, what would be your personal advice? What What do you want to say about that? You know, well, I don't want to shame women who use them. I mean, I I absolutely use like glowing filters. Sometimes I have to be really strict. Like, I never I never use the ones that alter my nose shape or my face shape because, again, yes. like you, that yeah. for me so unhealthy. Because it starts to mess with my mind and I'm like, oh, should I get, should I like have a nose job? Should I change this? Should I do that? No shame to anyone who does that. But that's just for me a a slippery, a slippery, a slippery slope with filters. Um, So I have to, like no shame to anyone who uses them. That's, this isn't judgment, but I do find it very interesting where the technology is going and concerning and how hyper-realistic it is. So there is an app I shared just the other day on on my account. It's an app that's being used by a lot of YouTubers. And this is something like for me as a content creator for ages, I was like, how do all the YouTubers look so radiant? How do they do they have like post-production teams? Are they what are they doing? It, they're using these kind of filters that don't decrease the quality of your video. So it still looks very high res, very professional, 
but you can do simple touch-ups, like really simple. Uh, get rid of your eye bags, maybe shrink your nose, but just a tiny bit. Really? Enhance your lips or yeah. And it they don't break, right? So it's it's really wow. simple adjustments or yeah. slim your waist and grow your hips, grow your bust. Tiny in a video, in like a moving video. In, video. in a moving video. Wow. And it's really easy to do. It's just like one click. And look at that. I You can even put on makeup, right? Which is very handy in a way because I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is great. But when I was messing around with it, if I clicked into the makeup one, it would automatically apply what it calls a beautify setting yeah. where it changed my face automatically. I had to yeah. opt out of that. And the oh same with my body. God. If I clicked into like the edit of my body where say I wanted to shrink my waist or grow my boobs, um, it would automatically slim me, slim and adjust my body. So this technology, the reason I, I really want to talk about it is not so much for us, for us grown women, us adults, like we are mature enough that we can recognize, okay, you know, the internet kind of a shady place sometimes, like be a bit cautious. It's for teenagers. Yeah. Like, I see accounts every day. There was one that went viral the other day and there was someone, a, a woman just like putting on clothes, right? In a really like cool transition way, but her body was so... um extreme like her waist was so tiny her hips were so curvy and yes power to her that might be real but like part of my senses were like mm, that Probably. might very much not not be real yeah and in the comments it's just teen after teen after teen saying yeah. like oh goals oh I wish oh I want to look like that oh what yeah and I'm like oh oh you know like dear little 11 year old 12 year old 13 year old this is coming out of an app this is yeah. like increasingly smart technology that is here. And please don't compare yourself because this isn't real. That's where I get really worried. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That That's exactly it, right? Because unfortunately, data does show us that distorted body image and disordered eating are more prevalent in younger generations. And hmm. that is heavy. You know, it's like, we do what we can to hopefully turn that around, but it does feel sometimes like an uphill battle. And I just think the transparency needs to be there and that's never going to like shift on any sort of material, like cultural level, unless people keep bringing it into awareness. And I think, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I remember like growing up, you compared yourself to the girls at school or maybe like the magazine covers at the grocery checkout, but you didn't have the whole internet at your fingertips mm -hmm. and it is, it's a lot. Um, and especially, you know, there are trends every, I see like every week on yeah. different platforms, there are body focused trends. This week we have the, the legging legs and for his TikTok arms, before that it was side profile. Before that it was, can you take your iPhone headphones and wrap them around your waist? Or oh can you hide your body behind? Oh my gosh, what? Paper? Yeah. It, so this is like, this is what's going on. And these trends move so quickly. And as parents, we, we probably aren't on these platforms long enough to get a feel for these trends, but you have children that are like, okay, can I put my body behind an A4 sheet of paper? Is this, does it fit? All the girls are doing this. Like, does my body fit behind this paper? Is my waist small enough? So this is like, what is happening and the pressures that they are facing to oh fit into God. trends that are also just going so fast, right? By the time we catch up to them to say, my gosh, your legs are absolutely fine. It's on to the next thing. It's on to like yeah. this skin, this beauty, this 
makeup trend. And so we just, we have to be aware as adults, especially we have to be aware for, for the kids, <laughs> for the little ones. No, a hundred percent. I mean, so I didn't know any of those that you just mentioned, but I'm not on TikTok and that's maybe why I'm not sure, but <laughs> I agree. And I think, so like, if I'm listening to this episode at home and I'm hearing this and it, it does feel a little bit like daunting and, and sad mm-hmm. and maybe disturbing in a sense, but what, what, could what advice like what can we materially do like i know you know i have a plan of how i'm going to raise anderson and not let him have any type of social media till he's at least 16 and like different things but as mother of a daughter and specifically like do you have tangible tips for women to kind of like fortify themselves and also help the younger generation have this awareness and combat these fake standards of beauty like what advice would you give i guess well, I think one is just being informed, like educating yourself about all these new technological developments. We're in, you know, we're in this world now of AI. And it's, if you're not aware, if you're listening and you're not aware, we now have like AI influencers, which aren't real, but they look super real. They look just like a woman with a filter, but often an exceptionally beautiful, very curvaceous, very young looking. Mm-hmm. So often like a girl's face on a woman's body, that's very kind of sexual, but unrealistic standard of beauty influencer so not yeah. real technology like tech technology created influencer we have these things so but this this is the technology that's happening now and you know you have all these global experts who liken the creation of ai to the creation of the uh, atomic bomb they mm-hmm. say it's going to be that much of a before and after shift it is that the world we knew it, it is not going to be that world anymore so yeah. We have to educate ourselves because unless we understand what's happening, there's no way we can talk to our children. There's no way we can protect them and help them navigate it. So I'd say like that is 100% step one. I would say like, you know, I hope my daughter chooses to stay off social media until she's until she's mature enough to understand what's happening. But I feel like some parents DM me and they're like, I'm, you know, I'm not giving my daughter a phone. I'm not letting her access the internet. I'm like, cowgirl she is going to go to school and she's going to have a burner phone with her friends and she's going to be accessing that internet in the same way like saying that you're not going to talk to your child about sex uh, will prevent them from accessing porn you know they are going to access it it is at their fingertips yeah it's exactly so we have to be in a space where we can have intelligent conversations with them and that i would say is like, like step one step two i think allow yourself or your family to explore ways to view their body, not for how it looks, but for all the incredible things it can do. Whether that is going for a walk, enrolling in an activity that you really love, um, taking photos, like do a, a boudoir shoot if you're, a, you know, an adult. Love do a boudoir. Love that. Why not? How incredible to see your body as this item that can create art. Yes. It's not exceptional. I love it. So and for yourself. For yourself. Let me yeah. just say, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that as a gift to a partner or something. But yeah, when I first heard about like boudoir shoots, it was always like for my husband, for my boyfriend. It's like for you, like self-celebration yeah. shoot, you know, be whether that is like a lingerie shoot or whether that's just in your favorite outfit or in a gown. Like, I love that idea today. And I, I love that. I love it too. Like I, I have a photographer friend of mine who she's a, a real artist. And she loves, she loves photographing women. Like she loves 
trying to make women look as empowered and confident and strong as possible. And her and I have done so many creative shoots together. And I walk away from those and I'm like, heck yes. This yeah. is, this is, you know, 35, this is 36, this is 37. I feel great. This is yes. amazing. Yes. So I, I, I recommend that so strongly. I think it's great. And one thing that I love about you so much is that you do, you show stretch marks and cellulite and all of these things that for so long women, women have been told are bad or some problem to be fixed, which they are not. But also you put your best foot forward. You're not condemning anyone who does pose or use flattering lighting. You do both in a sense. You're like, Hey, this is me feeling my best. And this is a fun, creative shoot. And then this is me in the most flattering light, but also in different lights. And like, and I think that there's, it's so important to remember, like, there's nothing wrong with putting on makeup or doing whatever you want, presenting yourself physically and how you dress and whatever, however you want to for you mm-hmm. and be in that power. And like there, there's, there's never shame, right? Like I feel no. that's something that I've always no. felt personally. And I see in your content so much, like you raise awareness with these things, always doing so without shaming any other woman who might not want to share or might not want to show themselves as naturally because it's not about that at all. Right. And I don't think it would be healthy for every woman to put themselves out there quite as much, right? Like it's such an individual thing, what's healthy and how much is healthy to share, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, but you are all about one of my favorite phrases, which is we are, and not, or essentially like Mm -hmm. you can be in the most flattering lighting in with the best photographer and feel like your absolute best self. And you can also be in what most people would say is less flattering. And you can also maybe even, it's not even like you're saying you have to have no insecurities and love every single part about you. It's like, no, like it's just showing and accepting that the human body is not a statue, that we are real, that our body is art and showing all of that and embodying all of that, I think is so powerful because it's not ever saying that the one is bad, you know? And I just think that's such an important, that's one of the reasons why I admire you so much. And I think that you are unique in even the landscape of self-love influencing. I love that about you. Well, I'm a real big fan of not shaming women for the choices they make. I think (laughs) so much of what, well, so much of what we do is, is wrapped in shame. Any choice, any choice we make, to have children, not have children, go back to work, don't go back to work, um, be vegan, eat meat, literally uh, buy Starbucks, not buy literally any yeah. choice, especially things tied to female that's like traditionally viewed as female or feminine, there is going to be shame attached and judgment attached. And I'm like, my gosh, we have to navigate this every second of every day in a thousand different ways. The least I can do is try to not put more of that energy out in the world. I hate that. I hate that. I think women are, I really believe that when you, when you get women standing together, it's really powerful. And I think so much of the anger and frustration that we take out on each other is driven by like a patriarchal system that is like worried about our power and is constantly trying to make us smaller. And so tries to pit us against each other. And I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. Because amen. (laughs) we just throw out that nonsense and like looked at each other and said, Hey, you do you, I'm doing me. And like, isn't that incredible? We would be so unstoppable. hundred percent. If women could just see their own power within themselves, 
then I feel like mm-hmm. it really is true. It's, it's, you innately want to lift up other women and you stop seeing other women as a threat or as competition. It's, it's sisterhood truly. And yeah. we have so much more in common than we often realize, you know? So, um, amen to all of that, all of that you've said, I can't <laughs> believe it's been like nearly an hour already that we've been chatting. Um, I don't want to take up your whole day, your whole, I guess it's morning for me, evening for you now, <laughs> um, afternoon, but I do just, one last question, or I guess not so much a question, but what is a mantra, if you have one, that you are adapting with you? The new year just barely started. We're into February finally. I feel like January was like 120 years long. But this year, do you feel like throughout all that you've been through and where you are right now in your life, like where is your focus coming into this new year? Mm -hmm. And do you have any advice? It can be directed towards anything, just like what, anything else that you just want to share with anyone who might be listening to this? Um, Yeah. Just any final like thoughts or words or. Well, I think my mantra, my own personal mantra at the moment is I am capable because I uh, still, you know, struggle with self-doubt, as I'm sure so many women do. A piece of advice would be, I know January is almost, well, January is finally done, we're in the February now, but take time to map out like three goals that you want to achieve this month, and then maybe three goals you want to achieve this year. And it doesn't have to be anything to do with your body. It could be everything to do with your body. I don't care. But I feel like often we don't give ourselves that time to look at where we want to go. We're so caught in that day-to-day, day-to-day, day-to-day. And then how will we ever reach our goals if we don't have a destination? Yeah. So right. that that for me is something I am, I'm trying to do really strictly this year. It's like every month I'm mapping out my goals, every set I, you know, other things I want to achieve and hopefully, hopefully I will reach them. But I, I'll never know unless I try. So that would be my bit of advice. Beautiful. And also just be be kind to yourself. Like, life has its ups and downs you may not love your body every day but you can respect your body every day and you can respect yourself every day so be kind to you beautiful well i mean that is so powerful so we're gonna leave it right there thank you so much for coming on today and i just adore you well thanks so much for having me this is a really beautiful chat of course. So everyone, I obviously said, go follow her on Instagram, but what other pages or do you have a website? Like where can people kind of catch up with you? I know you host a really, really cool Facebook group, right? Yeah, we've got about 40,000 women in our Facebook group. It's a safe, protected community that is moderated where, and it's very, very, very active. We get about 20 posts a day and women interact and connect with each other, uplifting each other. I think it's very powerful. So that's a closed group, group, right? So like, it's truly all women. It's you can talk and you talk about anything and everything. Exactly. Exactly. But without hate or shame or we we protect it in that sense. Yeah. So we have that. uh, I'm on TikTok. Yeah. Those would be the main platforms. Instagram. So the Facebook, is it just your name as well? TikTok, your name as well? It would be talking out loud is the Facebook group. Okay. And then TikTok is just my name. Cool. And I'll put those in the show notes of this. So wherever you're listening, you can go check that out. And thank you so much, babe. Thank you. This was great.